to the MBS show. Yes, it's me, Daniel Anthony, hosting this week. Joining me today is Norman Sanzo. Hello. Yep, Norman, it's been a while since I sat in the host chair. Indeed. And just for the record, it's episode 48. Ah, okay. So, how does it feel to be back in the co-host chair? Easy. I don't need to talk. I just <laughs> sit down and relax. Okay, so this week also joining us is a co-host all the way from the States. Please welcome Five Iron. Hey, what's up? Hi, Five Iron. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. All right. So um, later on, Five Iron's co-host, I mean, not really co-host, the host of Brony Time will be joining us. His name is uh, Alpha Brony. He may be joining us later on in the episode. But for this week, we also have a guest and his name is Philip Golingai. Hello. Hi. So, Philip, how are you this week? Okay, great. It's just that I need more hearts. That's all. <laughs> okay, so um, before we proceed on with the show, we need to ask every guest that comes on four very, very important questions. So, Philip, this is for you. The first question is, I know that you've been watching the show a little bit, which is your favorite character? Uh, it's uh, Rainbow Dash. Ah, Rainbow Dash. Do you have a reason why? I've, I've been thinking about it. I don't really have a reason, but maybe I just like the way uh, Rainbow Dash looks. Okay, right. Just the, yeah, just the colors, I think. The, yeah. Mm, okay. So, uh, how many episodes have you watched of late? Oops. Uh, maybe two or three. Oh, it's okay, because our second question is, which is your favorite episode? Problem is, I can't remember because I watch it uh, something like very early in the morning, and it's actually my, my four-year-old daughter who's watching it. So... She's trying to sleep and she watched the show, so I, I'm really sleepy and I'm, I'm, she forced me to watch the show, so I'm, <laughs> I'm watching it. So I don't remember which episode. Okay, right. But if you could uh, tell us, you know, maybe um, what was in it, I think we could try and trace it. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see which one I remember. It's something like uh, that is that dragon. Okay. That, that naughty dragon who's like a magician or something. So, so she's she uh he's, he's brought alive and then he's they're supposed to turn him into a nice guy. Uh, oh, or, Discord. Uh, yeah, yeah. No that's on that. on. Uh, uh, he's a dragon, isn't it? Um, uh, basically, a mix, yeah. they call him a dragon. Was, he's a combination of everything. That was yes, last week's yes. episode, episode number ten. That yes. was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was quite quite funny. Yeah, it was a great episode. So, um, the next the next question would be, I think, um, you pretty much talked about it. How did you get into this show? And because you played the game, how did you get into the game in the first place? Okay, uh, I think I got into the game first, then into the show. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's all because of my daughter, actually. I've seen her watch uh, My Little Pony, but I never really bought her. But then the thing is, uh, I have an iPad. And then I think that uh, for the first time, they they had a, a what you call it? Uh, an, an apps. Ah, okay. So I downloaded the apps. Actually, the reason I download this uh, My Little Pony apps is just for my daughter. I thought like, wow, since she watched the uh, show, that she will love these apps. But then uh, she was playing it, playing it, but then she was not really that attracted. So then I, I was quite bored one day and then I went into the apps. And then the funny thing is I found it a bit addic addictive. So uh -huh. I kind of got stuck with it. And then my daughter never bothered about it. Except for once in a while, she would go and collect uh, uh, little, little gems and those kind of things. But yeah, that's that's the story. 
Okay. It always happens that way. One day you're bored <laughs> and you play a game and you're hooked. Yeah, true. But, yeah, but re- actually this game is really not my kind of game, actually. It's a bit... Yeah, it, it's very static, actually, this game. Indeed. But anyway, I um, really don't know why I'm, uh, I get stuck. Anyway, Philip, sweet. Um, we'll save that for the um, guest time section because if we blur it out now, we got nothing for guest time. Alright, so the, the final one would be, um, because of, of course you are not very secretive about this, how have your friends and family reacted to you playing the game? <laughs> the, the, the interest, just a background, I wrote a story about me being uh, addicted to this game. And then after that, people were like, kind of like, uh, making fun of me. Like they would say, "Hey, hi, li- uh, my little pony," or they would say, "Like, oh, Phil, how's your little pony?" But I think it just, they just, uh, they just, they just found the article funny, but they were, they're not make fun of me. So <laughs> I, I think it's okay. I think nobody's been judgmental. Okay. So, uh, all right. So that's that wraps up our four important questions to begin the show. So now that we have passed that, we move on to the next stage, which is housekeeping. And last week, we mentioned that we have a confirmed date for our first MBS show meetup. We're turning one year old this year, and the meetup date is going to be on the 23rd of February. And this week, we're going to announce the venue of the meetup. Norman, why don't you let us know where it's going to be? So anyway, we're going to hold the meetup at the curve that is not in Kuala Lumpur. Where is it, Dan? It's in Mutiara Damansara, which is walking distance from Wanutama. And, you know, it's actually at the border of Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> I got no idea. I'm from JB. So, but anyway, we're going to meet up at 12 p.m. Come and join us and get a chance to meet the host. Yeah, and stay tuned to our podcast and our Twitter account. We'll announce where we're going to meet in the curve at 12 p.m. And, of course, who's coming and what you're going to expect right there. Indeed. Okay, so let us move on over to news time and see what is happening in this beautiful fandom. And in today's news time, the first thing is My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, is coming to Japan thanks to Bushiroad. Recently, Bushiroad held a press conference and announced that they intend to produce the Japanese dub of the fourth generation of My Little Pony using the subtitle Tomodachi Ha Maho. I think I got that right. I think so. (laughs) Which means friends are magic. The show is going to be aired on TV Tokyo and other stations starting in April. Following that, the website Animate.tv reports that four of the voice actresses from the anime Tantai Opera, Milky Holmes, are going to voice the ponies. Mimori Suzuko will voice Pinkie Pie, Tokui Sora will voice Applejack, Sasaki Mikoi will voice Rarity, and Kita Izumi will voice Rainbow Dash. The other two ponies, Twilight Sparkle and Fluttershy, will be announced in March. So find all the links in the show notes as well as the link to the press conference. If you understand Japanese, go ahead and indulge yourself. Indeed. So what do you all think? Ponies finally coming to Japan. Well, um, ponies in Japan, that's not a strange phenomenon. But it's going to be a hit and miss because Japanese, they're kind of not into the Western animation and... For ponies, they think that the show is meant for little kids because of the subject animals. Because for them, the Japanese, they think that animal shows like this is meant for kids. While shows that portray human characters is for kids to adults. And uh, of course, you actually mentioned something about the voice actresses to me. So can you tell listeners who may not be very familiar with this, who these voice actresses are? Because they are probably from other animes as well, correct? Yeah, it's true. Like, like the article said, like four of the main voice actresses here, they 
play this one anime, um, Tentai Opera Milky Homes. It's a kind of a detective story that's produced by Bushiroad. And a couple of the voice actresses here also voice characters for Cardfight Vanguard, which is a very popular card game anime series that's running on local TV right now. Alright, so are you excited to find out who the last two voice actresses will be? Yeah, I hope so. The other thing is, it's going to be obviously from Bushiroad crew because um, from what I understand, all of this voice actress works under the Bushiroad umbrella. Okay. Alright, so you better contain that excitement for the next news topic, Norman. It's yours. Oh, really? No. <clears throat> okay, in the next news topic, high-quality plush may be coming to Germany. In a German catalog site called Das Spielzug, um, I think it's called... Spiles you, I think, I don't know. Well, anyway, in translation, it's The Toy. They reported that the company Nixic will be producing pony plush in the second half of the year. Unlike the fine rice pony plush, this pony plush from Nixic, I think that's how you say it. Yeah, they, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, Nixic looks to be show accurate. Pictures can be found in the show notes. So, guys, what do you that's think? That's pony. <laughs> the pony. <laughs> so, anyway, um, Dan, what do you think? If you have a look in the show notes, if you're listening right now, this pony, that Pinkie Pie they put there, it is the most show-accurate plushie I have probably seen. Well, Even those that are handmade, they're really close, but this is really, really close for an official make. It's really, really cute, and it's got... I don't know how big it actually is, but I would really want one. Okay. Five, what do you think? Uh, it looks good. It looks a lot better than the, um, Fun uh, the felt strip, uh, the, uh, felt strip uh, ponies we've seen. With the, uh, oh, the hair. Yeah, the yeah. stringy hair. Yeah. Do you own any of those? My daughter has a couple. She has um, a Twilight Sparkle and a Pinky and I think a Rainbow as well. Tell okay. me, could you describe us the hair? Does it does it weird you out? Does it weird me out? Nah, it's, it's not so bad, but it's certainly... That's always been my biggest complaint about the toys is that the only ones that are really show accurate are the new um, uh, ones at Hot Topic and the little blind bags. Ah, yes. Well, not all the blind bags, really, because if you think about it, the only show accurate one is just Twilight, yes, Rainbow Dash, Pinkie Pie, Applejack. That's about it. Yeah. Correct. Correct. They're show accurate as long as they're the main ones. Yeah, indeed. And it's like, you know, the felt hair one makes all the ponies look like they're all Rastafari, because they're all the same hairstyle. <laughs> okay, but anyway, um, Phil, have you seen it yet? Uh, no, but uh, talking about the toys... I always thought that the attraction of uh, My Little Pony is because of the long hair. Long hair, yeah, indeed. Okay. I, yeah, I just thought that the kids like it because of the long hair, but now listening to you all, it's not, actually. Well, okay, um, how do I put this? We're not actually talking about the figures, because usually they have these little plastic toy figurines, and it's fun to, you know, brush their hair, and yeah. for some people who are serious, they actually style it to be show accurate, as in, like, they follow Pinky's curls and rarities, you know, that I don't know how she does that hair. Actually, you just... Well, I don't want to go into that, but actually... I don't, I don't know what you call it, lah, but uh, what yeah, happened yeah, yeah. is, we have this plushie, and this plushie actually uses felt strips as the hair, and that's not as uh, nice as, you know... Yeah, but anyway, Phil, um, you can categorize the fan base from adults to children, because the children, they'll just buy anything, because it's color, pink, bright, and really cool. And the adult side... We are a bit, how do you say it, uh, picky with what we want. So uh-huh. we kind of go for 
quality, show accuracy, show accuracy and does it really look good? Because there's this one sales person that sells plushie at a, and it's really good quality. Even one of the show creators bought one from her. White Dove, right? Yes, it's White Dove's creation. And her plush, one commission can go for 450 US dollars. Wow. Okay. It's completely handmade and, you know, she does it exactly as how, almost exactly one-to-one from the show. And they're big. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you got like $2,000, $3,000 to spend, <laughs> go ahead. And you'll be happy with it. Seriously, you'll be happy. So now that we're done with the news, we're moving on to our routine this week. And we're going to be reviewing the episode. And th- this week, we're going to hand it over to the Brony Time crew. Welcome Alpha Brony right back onto the show now. He's back. Yep. He's yeah, I'm us. back. <laughs> yes. And also Five Iron. Both of them are going to be handling the episode review this week. So take it away, boys. Okay. So this week we had... Um, I don't even remember what the name... Of the- oh, yeah. <laughs> the episode name, of course, was called Just for Sidekicks. Uh, this was a Spike-centric episode, um, and it was kind of different. Uh, the, I guess the breakdown of this episode was uh, Spike was baking a jewel cake, and uh, he accidentally ate all his gems before he could finish creating it, and thus had to get more gems. That's where he got the idea to start uh, pet-sitting all the pets of the main six, and much hilarity ensued. Um, it's another great episode. Uh I'd say this is probably my favorite episode so far, so it's definitely right up there. Five Iron, what do you think of the episode? I think you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> and you're entitled to your opinion, even though it's wrong. So, uh, uh, like this, uh, okay, now, there's been, we've been sort of like mantra back and forth before the show. Five Iron, please inform the people why you came to your horrible decision that this was not a good episode. Uh, th- this episode does have a, a plus, and it has actually moved Merdywell up a notch. <laughs> From second best episode to, like, what? First? <laughs> All right. So what what do you not like about this episode? Um, but first of all, was, say, it, I, I, was it the great animation? Was it the, uh, the great gags? Um, was it the fact that it had so many great characters in it? Please, uh, let's see. It, it, it focused on non-essential characters that are not even one-dimensional. Um, it, it, it talked about something interesting going off in the Crystal Empire and it gave us pet sitting and it did not do any good for Spike's character development other than to show him as a selfish, um, lazy jerk the whole time. And, I, and I'll say, I don't like folks that run Devil's Advocate. I'm not doing that here. I really did not like the episode. And, I mean, for them to bring in Zakora and then to bring in the CMCs, you know, characters I really enjoy, it still didn't save it for me. Okay. I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Okay. So, now here's the thing about Spike, because he was very um, selfish in this episode. His whole thing is he convinces all the main six to let them because once he ends up doing it, he ends up eating all the gems for his cake at the beginning, so he doesn't have any gems to make a gem cake. So then he gets the idea to, you know, watch all the pets in return for gems. So he pretty much hits up all the main six individuals and says, hey, I'll watch your pet today while you go off uh, for a gem. Now, the, what I liked about this is because if you remember, Spike is a baby dragon, and what are dragons prone to do that makes them grow up? Greed. Indeed. And it turns out they're a bad part of their character. So what we're experiencing is sort of like a re, uh, re, uh, revisit. Um, 
yeah, revisit of the whole idea of uh, the green the secret of my Exactly, from that episode. Um, so as he gets more gems, he starts to become more greedy and starts to lose the th- great parts of him that make him spike. Uh, that being the case, we start to see that sort of the dark version of him come out. And then I he gets sort of like played throughout the entire episode. Now, what I did like about that, too, is, you know, you see the, all these other characters, which is nice. Because that's what I like, because it's a, sort of a change of pace. We finally have characters we have coming back that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, we talked about this on uh, the last episode of Burning Time, which you should check out at burningtime.com and iTunes. Uh, that, you know, we see a lot of reversions from the characters from the previous seasons. We finally have Tank back. We found out what happened to Pee-wee, the uh, Phoenix, which looks like Spike actually getting back to his parents, which is cool. Uh, we see Tank again. We see all the pets again. We see Owlicious again. Uh, we get to see the Crystal Empire again. So we get, like, all this stuff comes back to sort of like more world building. And the fact that it has all this focus on the ancillary characters, these pets, it hasn't been great little sight gags throughout the entire time. Uh, this is like the first episode I think I really busted out laughing on pretty much almost every single scene. There's like so many great gags, which goes to show just how great a storyboard crew they have on this show. All and right, if I'm you're going to show... Some Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to play off something you said. Uh, at the beginning of the season, you pointed out that it was a shorter season, 13 episodes. And with that being the case, we expected things to be stepped up, and they were. The episode animation is so much sharper than it was last two seasons. The stories, for the most part, have been very good. But when you consider, again, 13 episodes, and this takes up you know, a larger percentage of the season, this did not stand up to task. It just was not a enjoyable episode really it was it was i would rather be in the crystal empire seeing what the ponies are doing than to see what's going on with their pets okay five five here's the deal um the way that they're doing the episode right now is kind of smart because this is kind of a side story to what's going to happen in episode 11 sorry episode 12 coming because in that episode it's going to be um in, the title is Ponies, um, games ponies play. I think something, yeah, games ponies play. So in that episode, it shows what's going to happen from the perspective of the main six. They do stuff for the Crystal Empire and whatnot. But this year, so what the next episode is is the uh, what, what the ponies were doing while they were in Crystal Empire. Yeah, and if you think about it, and if you know how to splice the video, you can merge those two episodes into one. Basically, it's almost a, a two-parter actually. That'll be interesting to see. That's the thing that I think I've noticed as well. When it moved up to this, when it moved from season one to season two, they started to introduce contiguity within between episodes, which is, I would dare to say, you know, kind of an element of most, um, you know, adult uh, contemporary. What I don't know how to put this. Modern serials on TV, like you know, Walking Dead and stuff like that. Those have very strong contiguity, but, yeah, but for those... the first time, ponies have introduced contiguity was in season two, and I know that was because probably they knew that ponies were watching it. Yeah, I mean, sorry, um, Dan, that's yeah. for a TV drama series that's um, that has a continuous story going on. But for right, but um, they didn't include like this as a very strong feature, but they started to implement it. No, like, not in the really. previous episode, keep coming further on. If you didn't watch the Discord episode, you won't get it. You know, but in season one, you can pick a random episode out and it stands completely on its own, independent of whatever is around it as a yeah, story. Yeah, I mean, that, that's true, Dan, that's true. But the whole idea right now is for this season three, it's yeah. going to a arc, really, a story arc. But for these two episodes, 
it's kind of almost the season finale before what's going on with the episode 13 final. Before we find out what happened to Sombra's horn. Uh, would yeah. be. But uh, what I'm thinking is, we're only looking at what's going on partially because we said that, okay, here is going to be the episode where... I'm sorry, um, this episode, um, just for sidekicks, is the episode where what happened to Spike? Why is he not in the Crystal Empire? Oh, we know, right. because he's taking care of the pets. Now, in the Crystal Empire, the main six are doing the stuff. And if you read the synopsis, they say something about Twilight using her magic to do something. And if I'm right, and this is just uh, theory... Speculation. Yeah, speculation. Um, it has something to do with episode 13. Right. Well, everything seems to be leading up. It kind of reminds me of the first season, how everything led up to the gala. And it looks like they're kind of doing it again with an overarching storyline for the... Uh, for season three, and being it shorter, they're able to do it a little bit better, uh, more concisely. Uh, but I thought it was—I thought it was a fun episode. Yeah, uh, a lot of great side gags in there as well too. Um, stuff that the fans have been clamoring for. We see like Tank. I was so excited to see Tank again. Yeah, yeah, it's and, true. And uh, there, there's so many great little gags in the background as well too. The whole stuff you see about the characters being developed. I loved all the interactions between Rainbow Dash and Tank. Because you see her trying to be a badass, but then she wants to snuggle him and things like that. It's it's cute little moments right there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean it it shows Rainbow Dash softer side because, like, if if I were an old man with a heart condition and I see this, uh, I'll be in hospital, <laughs> man. Actually, um, Five Iron, how do you, how do you fare with the other Spike episodes? You know, like Secret of My Excess and uh, what do you call the other one that there was another Spike episode. I can't remember um, what it was. What is it? Um, the, uh, all, all's well that ends well. Ah, all's well that ends well. Ah, Dragon Quest. All these. How do you fare with these? Uh, you know, did you like them as well? Or did um, you have... Secret of My Excess, I really enjoyed. Uh, mostly because of the the, uh, the back and forth between uh, Spike and Rarity. Um, all's well... You can do without. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't big. I'm not a real big actor. Trying to cut you off. <laughs> no, that's okay. Dragon Quest I really enjoyed. I mean, Spike, he's a he's a good character. He's a he's a good character that uh, you know plays an important role in the show. Um, but I just didn't like the the way they went with him. I mean, I know I'm, I'm talking this like as someone's fan fiction, and this is actually canon here. But um, I just I just didn't care for it. I just I, I didn't like I didn't like that we focused on the pets. I didn't think the pets needed an episode. Um, I kind of share that in a sense. I mean, um, my opinion is that I don't really like Spike episodes, for that matter, because I do see Spike kind of as a pet as well. That's a funny answer. It's more important than the typical pet like Aloysius and Opalescence, but he's not as important as the main six, that kind of deal. I mean, okay, there's a funny thing that happens to Spike. Um, the scene I is... Say, Philip, have you seen the episode at all, or are we just really totally talking over your head at this point? <laughs> Uh, no, I haven't seen yet, but uh, no worries. I'm enjoying the chat. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Philip, if you see it and then you just hear this podcast again, and then you say, "Oh, I get why." You'll say, yeah, you'll yeah. say, "Oh, I see. Alpha was right." And then you'll <laughs> yes, I think Alpha was right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, there was this scene at the train station where Spike wanted to get on, but he couldn't get on because he needed a chauffeur, and. It does say a lot, you know. And the chauffeur that he picked was the CMCs. That's pretty for a cutie mark. I got no idea because the cutie marks are K 
kids by themselves. And I mean, even if you don't, even if it means being a chauffeur for the rest of your life, they want to be a, they want to have that cutie mark. I don't know. Actually, they were trying to do skydiving cutie mark. I, I don't know. Zip lining. You know, no, it was skydiving. Oh, they, they try skydiving now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never thought I'll see the day when a kid's cartoon would feature skydiving. Well, you never <laughs> see the day that um, kid's cartoon show zip lining and failing. <laughs> Well, I've seen zip lining and all those kind of mean Mulan does it. In, yeah, but uh, fail. Stuff. And right, fall from a tree. <laughs> oh, okay. But anyway, I I think, um, well, Alpha, it's your review. Yo. Do you want to keep going on or how? Well, uh, pretty much what happens is uh, Spike, once he has all the pets and he has all his gems, he tries to pawn the pets off on like pretty much anyone else or trying to get them to be taken care of for himself. Uh, and this leads him to pawn off on the key markers here. And pretty much every time he tries to get rid of the pets or ignore the pets, he ends up losing one of the gems that he uh, acquired for taking care of them. Uh, through happenstance, he finally gets on the train because uh, uh, Angel, the great bunny that he is, gets on the train. He has to get on the train. They end up going to the Crystal Empire, uh, and they almost get found out. Uh, right. And when they're about to get found out, and by the main six who are in uh, on the train, coming back from the Crystal Empire, he finally realizes that, you know what, I was a jerk. I should have been paying attention to you guys. I was more concerned about myself. I'm sorry. And that's when Angel is like, cool, now you understand what's wrong. Here, have a gem. It's for you. <laughs> so, um, he did the learner's redemption, which I think was the most important part, because we all act like jerks. We all have our bad moments. Yep. And there's the lesson, even though we didn't get a letter to Celestia, oh, sad day. But he realized, you know, what I was doing was wrong, and I did this responsibility, and I have to own up for it. And he finally did, and he was the better for it. And he conquered his greed that turns him evil once again. So it was a winning day for Spike. Indeed. And it's like, it, it sounds, sounds, when you tell it to me, like, since I haven't watched the episode, it sounds like he's playing the game, you know? <laughs> he does something, and then he has to lose a gem, and I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, uh huh. It's kind of the way it works, too. <laughs> Well, okay, um, that's a review. You, you, you told me about Angel Bunny and the one who got him into this. I mean, you can throw Angel Bunny in the middle of the Everfree Forest, and he'll walk back, he'll get back to the cottage just to give Fluttershy one tight slap. <laughs> yeah. What I love about Angel, too, is because he's always the antagonist, too. Yeah. And every time they do something, they went to letterbox format, Angel. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So, I, I'm guessing that's the review, a much shorter and straight to the point review than what I usually do. So, I guess um, a rating, a rating score. So, Alpha, what do you think and what do you I, give it? I give it five pets out of five. And reason? Or five sidekicks out of five. That's a new record. That's an academy record. <laughs> and what's the reason for? Uh,. Pretty much all the reasons, which I had to explain to Five Iron here. Uh, the animation's awesome. Uh, it's great. To, it's so The thing that I like about it is so refreshing. Because we finally got away from the main six. It was almost a main six free episode, if you think about it. Uh, they had their few things to explain, like where they were. But the whole time, it didn't have them, you know. And they didn't really rely on the cutie marks at Crusader so much. And it was just a different perspective. And you saw a lot more background characters and a lot different interactions. You don't really see Spike and Sakura. You don't see Spike and the Cutie Mark Crusaders. And uh, 
uh, Spike had to do with other characters that you only see like ants um, on the side. And the fact they couldn't talk added a whole new level to where the physical comedy had to be upped that much more to fill in the plots where they couldn't talk. And I thought that was done very well. Awesome. So, um, five, I, what's your score? I give, I give it negative two pets out of five. Oh, snaps! That's another Academy record. Really? That bad? I just, it, I mean, just okay, no look at this. Hey, quiet, you. Uh, look at this season. Okay, we had Spike at your service. That was a good episode. It was enjoyable. Um, well written, well animated. Uh, this one, again, had good animations. Now, it's, been, it's funny because you say you like that episode, but a lot of people say they don't like that episode because it's so un, because it's a Meriwether uh, Williams episode. So I think that's kind of interesting. Way to go against the grand five iron, you rebel, you. Well, we have Philip on, and he writes a column called One Man's Meat, so get the picture, boys. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Continue, <laughs> sir. No, that's pretty much it. I just, you know, it's didn't care for it. Um, not the end of the world. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week. Okay, true hey. indeed. Um, so then... Maybe the rates might change, you never know. So then, um, from this banter that we talk about, what's your opinion and what do you think? Well, I have a feeling that it's going to be a kind of cluttered episode. Like, in a sense that, because the way that Alpha told me about it, a lot of elements going on and it's a spotlight kind of featuring all the characters that I think the bronies have been demanding to have more spotlight. Like, I think a lot of people want Tank back. They want Aloysius. They want, uh, what was the Felix's name? Um, Pee-wee? Uh, Pee-wee and all these characters back. And I guess... This episode is one that would make a lot of bronies happy, but I think, by the way that Five Iron has his opinion, I think it may have been it may have fulfilled their wishes, but it wasn't done right. Indeed. So, in your opinion, when you once you see it, would you like it or would you dislike it? You asking me when I see it, will I like it? I don't know. But, oh, okay, uh, maybe maybe I worded it wrong. You will like it because <laughs> you have really an understanding taste. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably will because the thing is, uh, I don't know. It would take probably this episode to make or break my perception on Spike episodes. Okay. Because I, I have a streak. I have all those episodes that I dislike the most are Spike episodes. So I, this is a make or break. Okay, okay. Yeah, it really is. So, Philip, um, I know you haven't been watching many episodes, but from our little banter here, what's your opinion on this um, on this episode? Sounds like an episode that I want to watch, actually. Really, now? Congratulations, yeah, Alpha. You've convinced him to watch it. Yes, the way you all discuss it, there's so many elements there that I, for me, it's just a cartoon show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's just a cartoon show, but looks like there's more things that I should be uh, watching. Yeah, it's true, it's true. I mean, like, it's, the, it's like this one show, MST3K, uh, um, um, Mystery Science Theater 3000. It says, it's just a show, just enjoy it. But <laughs> people on the internet... We enjoy our show and we want to debate about it. It's a false ideal that we try to live up to. <laughs> Indeed. So anyway, um, as for me, I I enjoy this episode. I laugh out loud. I I clap for certain scenes. I I I enjoy this episode. I I have to say that um, honestly, I'm going to break my other record and. I'm going to give it five bribing grannies out of five. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I mean, I, I like no, 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 no. to add something to this is that 
I have a feeling that it would be overshadowed by Keep Calm and Flutter On because that is my current favourite. So I don't know if this can beat that or not because that was really good. Yeah, true indeed. Oh, guys, go look in the Skype chat and look who's in the picture. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I think there's like, like I said, there's so many great background characters in there too. I had to go back and see how much stuff I actually missed because it, like, it was like, it was the thing I like about the good episodes are the ones that are content packed. So there was like all sorts of little hen characters. Like they have the uh, screw, uh, is it screw loose? Yeah, yeah screw loose. The barking, uh, barking. crazy pony. <laughs> She's in a house, and they just so little great moments like that. So mm. because uh, there's apparently one pony in the show who has a I don't know if it's a mental condition or something. Uh, it's yeah, a mental it's condition. Because <laughs> she barks instead of. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's another previous episode. You you need to watch that one. And it's a good one too. Okay. But anyway, um, the hospital. So. <laughs> So anyway, um, that's the episode review. I hope you guys like it. I give it a 5. Alpha give it a 5. 5 Iron give it a negative 2, despite his 5 names. And What? And Dan and Philip still haven't watched it yet, so now they have to. And I heard yes. Philip wants to watch it. So anyway, Dan, what's next on the table? Right, so next we're moving into guest time, so we'll welcome once again Philip Golingai. He's a columnist with the Star Newspaper Malaysia, and he writes, as mentioned earlier, the column One Man's Meat. And of late, he has reviewed the MLP game on our local newspaper. So Philip, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi, thanks for having me on your show. Right, so uh, Philip, for anyone who may not be very familiar with uh, who you are, could you care to um, introduce yourself? Okay, um, I write for the Star, Star newspaper, every on Mondays I have a column called uh, One Man's Meat, and it uh, I write about maybe from politics to uh, My Little Pony. <laughs> awesome. Do you normally write about My Little Pony? <laughs> I know, that, actually that was my first time, and it's uh, the article was about my personal experience uh, getting addicted to the to the game. to the game. Now, uh, before you uh, did the game, uh, how did you? Well, how did you find out about the game first and foremost? Okay, uh, I'm an avid follower. Of, uh, I love the iPad, and then I will always like uh, go through uh, tech uh, websites. And then they were saying like, "Oh, there's a there'll, there'll be an apps on uh, My Little Pony." Then I told myself, "Okay, when it comes out, I'll get it." And I wanted to get it for my daughter. Actually, I thought that. Oh, okay, it'll be a fun uh, apps for my daughter. And then later I found out that I'm the one who got interested in the uh, Now, does your, uh, does your daughter watch the show? Yeah, occasionally I think she watched because uh, I think it's on Astro, isn't it? So she will watch the show, but I will watch her watch it. It's but actually 8 a.m. on Saturday on. morning at TV7. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. So some, sometimes I watch her watch the show, but I never really watch the show. So I knew that she liked uh, My Little Pony. And also we've bought her those figurine, the Little Pony figurine uh, from okay. Toys R Us. So I figured that, okay, this uh, uh, apps will be perfect for her. Exactly. Now, did you, uh, now, since playing the game, how long did it take you to find out about bronies and the entire community? Okay, the thing is, when you play that game, you really... You don't understand actually the characters. Like, okay, it's a, it's actually one dimension. It's like, okay, you see Rainbow Dash, then you, you just know it's Rainbow Dash. Then, then you see the other character like Apple, 
And then my doctor will kind of, my four-year-old doctor will kind of tell me that, oh, Applejack loves Apple. But then playing the game, you don't understand. But then later when I was watching the show on iPad uh, with my daughter, then I understand, oh, yes, oh, Rainbow Dash is this. Then slowly their character developed and then it become more exciting. And then I never knew why there was, why do I need to get that element of harmony? I mean, it's right. kind of told in the apps, but I'm like, okay, for me, I just want to get the element of uh, harmony. But then when you watch the uh, cartoon, then you'll understand that, oh, Okay, there is. That's that's why they're getting the element of harmony. No, okay, so um, I recall that in your article you mentioned um, that you actually identify yourself as a brony. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, you, you wrote there something like, uh, I don't want my friends to know that I am a brony, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, uh, yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Uh, well, perhaps I'm, on, uh, I'm in denial. <laughs> okay, right. Well, it's a stage that all bronies go through. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the record, I'm not. Okay. Full stop. That soon will change. That soon will change. If you keep watching the episodes, especially the great episode we had this week, uh, it'll start to change. <laughs> now, uh, so I mean, so you play this game, and uh, I think you kind of went through the phase that pretty much all of us did when we played the game. Just like finally, uh, it's really like great a pony game. And it's really fun and everything. And then you sort of see the darker side of the game yes. come out. Tell us about that. Okay. Uh, I don't know what darker side that you saw, but the darker side that I saw is it's it's like as if the game loft is trying to squeeze you uh, of your money. And then it's, yeah, things are really expensive. It's just a, I don't recall how much I paid because it's, you, you know, you, it's a, you just press the button and then you'll get, you'll buy the, the other elements. But I... Uh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's really expensive, actually. They're really crazy. I think it's like maybe to buy a, a character that you like is around maybe 50 US. And that's like 150 ringgit Malaysia. And then can you imagine? You're, you're spending 150 without really knowing that you're spending uh, 150 ringgit just for a character. True, 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 true that. Yeah, because right. the, the bad thing about this is it's um, once you purchase an item, it doesn't really save into your account. It's just a one-time deal. Yes. Yeah. So basically, once you... Let's just say you buy... 50, to say 50 hearts is a bad example, but let's just say you buy 50 um, gems and then you save up those 50 gems. And let's just say, oh, shoot, my phone needs to be reformatted. So I reformatted my phone, I installed the game, those 50 gems won't be there. Oh, God. oh, that sucks. I didn't know that. It doesn't have... It doesn't seem like, you know, those games like EA has Origin where they back up your game so you can move to a phone very easily, but not Gameloft, sadly. That sucks. Yeah, indeed. And I think that's uh, one of the things that people found out with the game, too, is uh, someone finally computed it to see, like, how much it would take to unlock everything. And it takes, like... Like, what was it, 200-something dollars? Yeah. yeah. Well over that. 260 US dollars to unlock it. Yeah. You can buy an iPad for that. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, exactly. No, but... Or you can grind for 12 years. <laughs> so those are your two options. You know, the, 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 the problem with the game is, it's, it's an okay, it's an adequate game. It's an adequate game for its genre. But there are many other better games out there for its genre. But what the fan one is something more immersive, something more fun. And that's why we have fan projects like the main six, the yeah. MLP... I forgot. I MLP think it's Magic. 
that's Destiny 6 and um, online games and some other free games like if you enjoy playing the Rainbow uh, sorry if you enjoy playing the Flying Ponies where they avoid clouds collecting coin somebody made that as a flash game before it came out there, there's a lot of you good the Apple PC <clears throat> game it came out on Android as a small light game you play that yeah. yeah I mean there's a lot of good independent developers out there doing it for free and let's just say that in my opinion for this game if they make it into a town building simulator game, that would be so awesome. Yeah, I, I maintain that Team Fortress 2 is a pony game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, so, now, now, the third option we did speak of is hacking, which all of us have done. At least I did. <laughs> so, um, and pretty much to make it into a village creator, what I did is there's a hacking to sort of bypass and make everything free. Then you just buy all the stuff, and then you can spend the rest of your time rearranging and building the town to make it. I'm trying to. I'm in the process of getting mine to look exactly like Ponyville is, and I watch an episode and try and see like where all the different buildings go together to recreate Ponyville on my phone. So it's Ooh. it's and for that it's good, but it definitely seems the game's losing its luster. Yeah, I, I'm I'm at okay. I, to be honest with you guys, I spent real world cash to buy gems. Uh, but but here's the thing, they were on a discount, so I bought them. That's why. Uh, well, we have a lot of friends. The discount I mean, is not that cheap, you know. You're yeah, buying it at the discount is still not cheap. Yeah, but it, it it depends on what you buy really. Because in my case, I bought those gems, and I think it was two ninety nine or one ninety nine for fifty gems or fifty five gems. I don't really remember. So to me, um, to for me. With the cheat that I'm playing with, it's totally worth it. Eh, eh, I don't know. <laughs> it, still, it still bothers me. And, like, I can't fault the company for wanting to make money. I, def, I, I think that we do get a lot of, like, entitlement when it comes to the internet. Like, how dare you want me to buy something? And I don't fault that. If an app, I'll pay for an app online, you know, totally. If it's, or I'll do the ad version because they make money that way as well, too. Oh, yeah. I have no problem with Hasbro or Gameloft trying to make their money. That's what they're there for. That way they put it out. What I do have a problem with is gouging customers. Oh, and yeah. knowing that customers will do it. That's what bothers me. Yeah, and you're more, that, you're more, you'll be yes, more comfortable right. if the app had like a one-off purchase kind of deal. Yeah, or if the purchases like were made sense. Like if the ponies were like 50 cents or if they want to do 99 cents a pony, which is still kind of ridiculous – I would be more okay with that. Or that if they true. had ad supported, which they do for other game loft games. Oh, actually, so they have for, for gems and then still throw ads at me. That's cool. Yeah, so that's true. That's true. I mean, um, there's this one uh, I, 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 I device game called um, Tab something. Um, I think it's called uh, Jubix or Jukubes, something like that. It's a song game. Um, you press. Um, there's a nine block thing you press according to let's just say it's a DDR simulator and okay. the way that game works is they give you three free songs from Konami's playlist but if you want to buy more songs there's this package like the Lady Gaga or the let's just say some other bands that I can't remember right now Tapulous had that reputation for Tap Tap Revenge when it was a big thing yeah so basically you can buy songs like for me 
that's worth well, it for me. Like Xbox and stuff does that. It's DLC, and, and like yeah. I'm with that part too. It's the gouging which bothers me. Yeah, yeah. Which even you see in other <clears throat> DLC content uh, providers, I hate when like here's a game that comes out and they immediately have DLC, or when they put the DLC content on the disc, which oh. you have to pay for to unlock. Oh yeah. A lot of people got pissed off about that. Bioshock did that. Uh, Mass Effect did that. So it's kind of a rip to say, hey, here's the disc, and there's content on the disc, but guess what? you got to pay extra if you don't want to get to that stuff that you just bought. Yeah, but um, Alpha, not really for Mass Effect, because basically if you buy the premium version, or let's just say extra five like, bucks. Like the uh, extra characters like Kasumi and stuff like that. Oh, those I, were I, later I, on. This one, those were, those were not on disc. Yeah, I've heard she was. Like, that, that content was a disc. I know for Bioshock, a lot of the extra stuff was done. Bioshock 2, all the multiplayer stuff was already on the disc, and there's uh-huh. a couple other ones that have done that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. Anyway. So, I'm guessing that from your, what you're saying is that, you know, the, the way that the quests were worded were kind of um, really gouging because you, they'll make you buy, they'll make you pay for Rainbow Dash because even if you want to play it peacefully and own a town and you want to do the quest, I mean, I don't mind collecting 5,000 gems. Uh, from around the town but you make me pay for the pony to continue my quest if you can't do that you still have to pay true true or take a long time to play it by that yeah, time yeah it takes forever isn't it if you don't pay yeah or you could just uninstall it and do something else and that's what I did the first few times to get it right, get it right. And um, our co-host is not here with us today, Charlie. He actually calculated, if I'm not mistaken, how long it will take if you're going to live off the five-day bonus, which is three gems per five days. It will take over, I think, three to four years just to get enough to unlock Rainbow Dash. <laughs> Considering that you're not spending gems on anything else. Oh, indeed. Yeah, crazy. <clears throat> yeah. So, Philip, besides... Uh, talking about the gem... Okay. Yeah. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead, continue. Okay. Uh, talking about the gem, my problem was I, you know, I diligently collect them, manually collect them, and yeah. then guess what my daughter does? Oh God! <laughs> Randomly spends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She'll she'll collect. She'll just misuse it. <laughs> so I've lost a lot of gems, which I really like, worked hard for it. How did, dare your four-year-old me about this? Because I asked him, "Did you complete the quest and did you unlock the harmony stones?" And he's like, "No, because the Paris spreads all over the place, and uh, you know, his daughter just goes in and types every single one of them." I feel for you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you played the game a lot. Now you start to watch the episodes. Are you now? Do you feel like you're starting to get into the show itself? Has it piqued your interest enough to continue on with the show? No, because I'm still in denial. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. But you're watching episodes though, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. With his daughter la, so far, but um, I don't think you are at a stage where you watch it on your own, correct? Yes, my alibi is my daughter. I don't watch it on my own. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have a good alibi, seriously. You have a good alibi, seriously. Once you're at that stage where you're buying figures... Like, I'm buying it for my daughter and keeping it yes. for myself. And uh, Norma, we're the only two people on the show today who don't have such an alibi. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was our alibi as well, too. It's like, it's for my kids. Yeah, we indeed, indeed. No, but um, seriously, um, Philip, um, talking about your experience with the games and whatnot, have you experienced the community? Oh, no, no. Oh, not yet. So you haven't heard any songs from the community, so fan videos? No, uh, yeah, you want to sing? You want to sing the song? 
so mm-hmm. that I can be more familiar with this. Oh, no, no. Uh, oh, there's there's, like there's, so there's a lot. There's a lot. So, I mean, so basically you haven't been in, well, you haven't discovered the fan music yet or the fan videos. Ah. It goes pretty. The rabbit hole goes pretty deep, brother. Uh, yeah. Let me tell you, <laughs> there are people at this um, forum. They're called the community called My Little Remix, and they do a lot. They're very music centric, and they've done uh-huh. charity albums for uh, cause in Africa to build uh, for orphanage there with a group called Bronies for Good, which has been interviewed by our friends at Brony Time. And then they've done another project called Balloon Party, which was to make an album to raise funds for musicians to perform at BronyCon, which is which happens in um, the States. It's a convention for Bronies in, in August this year in Baltimore. And these albums come out and they are massive. They have at least 25 tracks each. Yeah. And They're done, huge albums. Yeah, and done by the community. That's, that's the deal. It's like, just imagine, um, let's just say a local show on TV has a rabbit following community and those people they do music they do art they do animation animations they do they even do fan made episodes of said show and they do a lot of good things like charity and all those things just imagine that but in a more wide and international range Alpha, oh, you got anything yeah i just want to ask okay. so uh, i know you've uh, talked about this game and you do have this uh, art- have an art- recurring article uh, for the uh, for your uh, for the star, uh, what are, and what is the name of your current article or your recurring article? Oh, what do you mean recurring article? It's um oh oh my, the name of my column. Yes. Uh, it's called one one man's eat. Excellent. And, um, <laughs> what is it about? Uh, okay, why it's called one one man's meat is because you know the phrase one man's meat is another man's poison. So probably there are things that uh, some people might not be happy with uh, uh, with what I write. Okay, it's about uh, this column is actually uh, it, it, the topic can run from uh, Malaysian politics to My Little Pony. So it's quite a wide range of topics that I cover. For okay. example, my next my next column will be on uh, missing children mm-hmm. because the biggest story in Malaysia now is about the about William Yao, who went missing and was later found dead. Oh, really? That's that's quite a broad range you got on the topic here. Yeah, I mean, just just to fill you in about William Yao and uh, from all the people here at the MBS show, we would like to offer our sincerest condolences to the family if they are listening in by any chance. It's um, basically to fill you in. It's uh, a boy went missing a few days ago, and um, just on Thursday they found a body floating in the Klang River, and it apparently was him. Jeez. And what's, uh, I guess your article is talking about, is there an issue or like, is there always okay. an issue? Yeah. Actually, the, the reason why I wrote that article is to at least warn parents that you have to be vigilant, that you have to keep your eyes on your kids because there yeah. are, there are uh, yeah, bad elements out there who are just waiting for an opportunity. I don't see like, a, that's seems pretty straightforward. I don't see like anyone could say like, no, I'll let your kids go as opposed as a opposing view to it. Oh. Um, but I can see, like, a, a lot definitely with the political stuff. That's definitely going to be uh, cause controversy as well, too. Um, I get you know, the whole point of yours is like a uh, sort of like an outside view about a certain topic. Uh, talking about you know, one man's means another man's poison. Uh, do you get a lot of feedback from your article or your column, I should say? Uh, I, yeah, I get feedback from uh, Twitter. 
and sometimes some people agree with it, some people disagree with it, but it's a reflection of how divided Malaysia is politically. Mm. And have you got much feedback about the Pony article? I mean, obviously you're now on a podcast about Pony, so... <laughs> I, I I think people were more like they were making fun of it. It's like, oh, Phil, oh, I didn't know you were what. You know, they, they gave us kind of little, uh, it was me, more like, yeah, ripping me. Oh. Did it come from your, you know, your friends or your off or your colleagues more? Uh, I think it came from uh, both sides, I think, from Twitter and also from my colleagues. Actually, I really want to ask, what did your editor say about it? <laughs> uh, he didn't say anything. <laughs> he, knows, he knows I write these kind of things. Okay. <laughs> Did he bro a few people to the office? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Well, see if you can get one on him and then you'll know. So. <laughs> I just wanted to ask about the presence of um, bronies probably within the, the kind of uh, job scope that you're in. Is there anyone else in your office who plays as well, by any chance? Not that I know of, but uh, one of my colleagues, he tweeted to me and said, Phil, I'm uh, downloading the apps into my Android. So I never checked with him, and maybe I should check so that I can get more heart from him. <laughs> so, uh, he's always at us. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as, uh, as Alpha asked you earlier about how the reaction was, um, before you got the email from Neve, did you get anything from uh, anyone else, like a complete stranger? Uh, no, uh, in terms of email, only from you. Okay, right. Now that we're, now that uh, you know, we've been asking you so many things. Uh, has it changed your opinion or your curiosity on this fandom in any way? Uh, yes, it has made me a bit uh, curious. Actually, uh, yeah, I was one. I thought it was a very American thing. Oh, okay. I didn't know that there was a Malaysian um, brony club until you emailed me. So my big question for me is the most important question is why. Why become a brony, actually? Isn't it... Okay, it sounds like uh, I'm cynical or whatever, but it... Isn't it I a can kid this kind one. of game? I'm sorry? Oh, okay, a kid... It's a kid cartoon. Yes, it is a kid cartoon. And um, for me, personally, when I first heard about yes. My Little Pony, I had the assumption they was talking about the toy. But for you, was it the toy, the show, or the game? Which, which one came to your mind first when you heard about My Little Pony? Uh, it's first the show, then only the game, because uh, my daughter watched the, the show first. Mm, All right. Okay. I mean, for me, it was the toy. toy. I mean, oh, have you heard the of toy. the previous generations about you know the the ones that came before the current one? Oh like no! When it came out in 1980s, actually, My Little Pony was oh, very okay. old. But um, the previous generations didn't fare as well, and they were very, very targeted crappy. towards kids. Yeah, it was crappy in the sense that it was not something that we would watch. It was very targeted towards kids, and it did its job. It kept the kids entertained. So mm-hmm. now they rebooted it, and uh, if you recall the cartoons of the '90s, like Dexter's Lab and uh, Foster's Home, these kind of cartoons, they called in the people who made those cartoons uh, possible, Lauren Fowles and her husband, and made them work on My Little Pony. So that actually led to this its big success that it was is today. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a one way easy way to like relate because everyone like, how can you like that show? And it's like, well, how about this, Philip? Have you ever seen any Pixar movies? Mm, yes. Do you like the Pixar movies? Yes. Why? They're for kids. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I don't become obsessed with it. It's like after I watch it and it's done. Good for me. Well, exactly. But that's like, um, that's really least what I can say. Is like, how can you like a show that's for kids? Because it's a good okay, show. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Whether or not it's, uh, we're not the target audience. Uh, good work is good quality work. And like Dan said, you know, they had these, uh, you know, Lauren Faust who did amazing shows and is an amazing writer and creator. 
really put a lot of heart into it. And when you watch the show, you can get that, and the jokes are actually good. And the community sort of came out because it's the idea of, like, there's such a positive message behind the show that we feel is really lacking in the world. Because the whole idea of the elements of harmony, uh, you know, friendship is magic. And it seems like such trivial ideas, but, like, really? Are those really trivial ideas to be honest and be a good friend to people and try to make the world a better place? And I think that crusade has sort of overshadowed even the show itself. It's like, you know, we are, you know... There's still good in the world, and there's so much darkness in the world. Here we are to try and bring some of that light back to it. Just like you are in the game, trying to bring light back to the dark parts of the world, and it costs us a lot of money to do it too. But it's uh, what we love, so it's like a circle. <laughs> but that's the uh, best way I can describe it. So, yeah, yeah. Stamp on that. <laughs> yep, uh, I have seen. So from the limited amount of episodes that you have actually watched, with it, uh, do you find it easy to relate to the story like especially you watch keep calm and flutter on which was the one with uh, discord and the dead draconicus in it did you find it easy to relate to what was going on i know you weren't paying probably much attention to it were you no i, I don't think I, for me i see it as uh it's not a real it's not it, it's a cartoon world and my world is the real world mm. okay so, yeah I, I don't think i can relate to it no, I, I think okay, it's. Right? I think your what, what you're saying is is your perception of the things that you're watching. For us, the way we watch it is a show like um, The Walking Dead or even Desperate Housewives or whatever shows on TV. Like you can, you can become a fan or become obsessed with any show that's really good that you care about the characters. That's the big thing. So you know, for us, we focus more on the storytelling and what's going on. But for mm-hmm. you, Philip, I think it's just a matter of... It's a show on TV. It's yes, just correct. there. It's just noise. Okay. Yeah, I, I can understand. I can understand. But, well, if you do go into it and if you do enjoy it, you understand why we like it. Yes, so I'll find out more. Because it's a big community. And because um, you mentioned the word brony in your article... Uh, and I understand you must have done quite a bit of research to get there. What was, where did you mainly find out about brony culture? I, I, I googled it actually, and then I was reading. Uh, yeah, I was reading it, and then I, I, I found that the term was quite interesting, brony. Oh, let's right. just hope you did got you the good like one. Equestria Daily or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say again. Did you read uh, something like Equestria Daily, like something made by bronies, or did you read articles about bronies? I think I just read. Uh, I read an article, and it says. It mentioned that the fans, the adult fans of uh, My Little Ponies are called bronies. Right, that was, if I'm not mistaken, it was in New York Times. Yes, and Guardian. Ah, yes. Right, that was a Guardian article, actually. Oh, I read just... the Guardian one. I, have the, I read the New York Times one. Oh, let's just hope they're positive oh, no, no, ones. Sorry, not, New, not New York Times, Wall Street Journal. Oh, what did he say, eh? There was an article about um, these guys in uh, in New York who went to a restaurant to eat, oh. and they asked the waiter to change the channel to watch ponies in the, in an Indian restaurant <laughs> in New York. Okay. And so a guy did a, so a guy did a story on it, and there have been okay. stories about BronyCon, which is that big convention that is happening every year in the states, and it's not the only convention in the world. There's like I don't know, Everfree Northwest, Cantalot Gardens, Philippines has one that's Beach PonyCon, Australia has one that's coming up as well, and they're all over the place. It's a global fandom, really. <coughs> Indeed, indeed. So, um, I'm guessing Philip has some questions for us, besides the one you asked earlier. Okay, h- how do you become a, a brony? I mean, is there a definition of, like, uh, how do you qualify to be a brony? I mean, well, not do you really have to watch the show, or you have to declare yourself, no, or no. you can have minimum interest? 
from me, the way I see it is, it there's a level to it. Um, basically, down the middle, there's, I enjoy the show. It's a really good show. Or, I enjoy the show and I love everything in it. I want to be a fan of it. I want to buy everything. I want to meet friends. I want to convert my whole family. Basically, there's two sides to the coin. Yeah, it depends on how crazy you are, I guess. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. And Dan wants to speak. <laughs> yes. And uh, I said, um, okay, basically, I think as you put in the article, you operationally defined the word brony there. And it pretty much set the standard for the article. It's, as you said, you researched it and it said, a fan of the show. So basically, that's what it is. And if people want to qualify it, this, there's a system online about, they call it the five stages of becoming a brony. If you're not mistaken, it's doubt, and then it's... Uh, it's something like, you know, you, you, you reject it and then you, something, it goes all the way to denial and then acceptance and something like that. It goes all the way in and probably at the denial stage right now. It's like me, either being a drunk or dying. It's like the same five steps or whatever it is. <laughs> but, but, the, Which, yeah. It's not really a very one size fits all system because all of us, all four of us on the show right now, um, we all have come from different... We all are bronies for different reasons. We all come from different, uh, you know, backgrounds. And we all got dragged into this fandom by different means. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. It's got, it's got a lot of diversity in it. Some people are in it for the art. Some people are in it for the music. Some people are in it. Like, we had a guest Kazui, who's been into ponies ever since 1980s, which is when the first generation came out. And here's the fun part. There are some people who are fans of the show, go to the conventions, but do not cons- consider themselves bronies. So, you know, teach his own. It's yeah, actually just a term. It's not really that. Some people don't like to relate to the term because they believe it has a negative, um, you know, impli- implication. So they call themselves, yeah. I'm just a fan of My Little Pony. I'm not a brony. And um, it's, it's just a term, really. Like how Star Trek fans are called Trekkies and Glee fans are called Gleeks and One Direction fans are called Directioners. That kind of branding, I would say. Yes, and Justin Bieber fans are called Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> My next question is, is there a stigma that uh, you are a brony in Malaysia? Hmm. Well, I think well, that's right. I'm not really sure because there's not many of us to start with. I mean, it's growing really fast. But I would think that, you see, when we walk around, like, I, I have a brony t-shirt. All of us have t-shirts with ponies on it. You know, I have a t-shirt with Pinkie Pie on it. Norman has t-shirts with all of them on it. And um, when we walk around, sometimes it gets attention. Sometimes people just think we're wearing a cartoon and... So some people are just they just don't know about it so yeah. one day I was at work actually I just started my internship recently and uh, one of the senior videographer comes behind my computer sees my wallpaper and wow you also like Japanese anime huh? <laughs> yeah. then, so basically uh, some people don't really know about uh, ponies just much just yet they think it's just oh you're just watching another Japanese cartoon yeah I mean then um, I, I think for us Malaysians nobody really cares and nobody really knows so I mean, I mean if you put in the stigma, you put you include the stereotype of girl show and kids show into the equation, then things will change. Yeah, but if you no, look at but, it on one thing, it's like you're probably watching, yeah. Yeah, no, but what Philip's asking is, um, sorry, sorry, Philip, what did you ask again? Yeah, is is there a stigma when people know like, do, 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 yeah, how, yeah, okay, how do they react when they know that you're a diehard fan? Okay, um, it's very the, mixed. Really. So, it's sorry, really um, very mixed. Then, because, then, yeah, sorry, the the thing is, in Malaysia. Nobody, nobody really knows what's My Little Pony because I've been to a printer shop printing pony stuff and they say, what is this? I remember it from the late 80s, but I don't know. So in Malaysia, 
that stigma is kind of almost transparent or not there. But I've heard stories of people that say that they have a shirt and then the people that know, they tease people about it because they know where it's from. But in general, nobody knows, nobody cares. But uh -huh. for the state side, what do you have to say? Meh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's like, um, how I say it? Yeah, it's, it's uh, if you people notice, I mean, they, some people are like really extravagant about it or have to feel like I have to come out of a closet, so to speak. <laughs> Me, I just play it. I don't want to say low key, but I'm just like, eh, doesn't matter. I mean, I have a, I put, I have derpy on my car. I have uh, MLP shirts, and no one's really questioned or said anything about it. So, eh, what do you know? Derpy on your car, like a vinyl? No, I have like a window sticker. So, Ooh, like okay. on the the quarter window of my driver's side window, there's a, a wheel of fine uh, derpy sticker. Right. So, everyone at work sees it. Uh, <laughs> no one said anything. So, and five. What about you? I'm not what you would call a brony evangelist, but I don't shy away from it. I uh, yeah, I think that's uh, best way I can describe it too. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, nothing is appealing when someone tries to cram it down your throat. I mean, it could be you know, sports fanatics, um, and I, I've met plenty of them, and they they get on your nerves real quick. So it, it's all kind of how, how you carry yourself, so to speak. So, um, any more yeah, like, questions, which? I think my last one is, what's the attraction, actually? Huh? Hmm. It sounds, yeah, I think I've asked this, but what's the attraction? Actually, uh, before you continue, actually, I want more thing to add, but I don't know if you want okay. Yeah, because, uh, as I said, when you combine, when Malaysians don't know about this show, really, it's um, because they think it's just another cartoon. But as I said, once you combine it with the negative um, implications of an adult watching a show that's meant for girls, on top of that, a show that's meant for kids... Because some people might know very shallowly, okay, that's My Little Pony. They saw it in Toys R Us. They saw it probably on MTV7 by turning it on accidentally at 8am in the morning. And people might have, this, people do have this stigma that, you know, you're a brony, uh, that kind of thing. You, yeah. you, you're messed up, you know, things like that. And I, I don't like to bring politics into this, but especially in this uh, country where we have a very, very strong, um, you know, sense of, I wouldn't say a strong sense of masculinity, but... It's kind of like enforced because if you know about of late, a uh, few years ago, they wanted to do up in Kelantan, they wanted to do these masculinity camps and stuff like that. Oh, really? Do you recall that, mm -hmm. Philip? Yeah, yeah. Boot camp they, for, uh, for uh, boys. men. <laughs> yeah, for soft men and stuff. They call it the Lucky Lumbut. And it's, uh, uh, mm -hmm. they wanted to toughen up the men of the state. So they have this specific camp to get them all toughened up. And for me personally, when I, when I became a brony, I had a fear that I might land myself in one of those things. <laughs> no, okay. Um, but then, the same goes for you like watching Dora the Explorer. Isn't that a show for little kids? Yeah. It's a similar. It's a similar thing. Yes, yeah, I, mean, I don't like watching Dora, by the way. Yeah, but that's, that's <laughs> the thing. Some people do. I mean, but Philip, you, um, like you said, one man's meat is another man's poison, and yes. you could go for one man's show is another person's. Yeah. Uh, the same implication. Yeah, Social same. misconception. Uh, as I said, it's uh, where I wouldn't. I don't like to say this, but I think we're still kind of a very shallow uh, community here. As in, I don't think we like to do research very much. Oh, I so, do. Uh, I mean, unless, of course, you're like Philip and you're in the press or if you're like, yeah, I'm also in the media and we have to do research. We can't run away from it. So for those people who don't really do their research, yeah, they'll hold the negative stigma, you know. They'll hold it strongly for some reason. Yeah. That's basically it. Yes, yes. Okay. What, what's, what's the attraction, actually, of this show? 
So Dan, why don't you go first? Okay, uh, as you said, all of us came into this came to this fandom from different means, and each of us have our individual ways of relating to it. For me personally, when I watch it, I could relate to characters on the show because there's this saying that these characters are not one dimensional. They're no longer like the old type of cartoon characters, which are hundred percent good or hundred percent bad. You know, they have their flaws. Like Twilight Sparkle, the purple unicorn, she's she's very systematic. There's a OCD level kind of systematic, and a lot of people can relate to her because there was one episode about deadlines and assignments, you know. So I think people like me at university who do assignments and, of course, are last minute, like every typical Malaysian is, will definitely, you know, procrastinate. And you watch that episode, it's like, oh gosh, you know, she's just, she was in a situation exactly like the one that I was in last week. You'll feel that these characters are relatable to a level, they're not perfect. Even though they're the good guys, they're not, the, they're not perfect at all. They have their flaws and they learn to overcome it. So that's what relates to me the most. And having characters that are in that sense, flawed, helps to, you know, get you to watch this show and really, really enjoy it. Okay. So, Elva? Uh, pretty much, like, the ways I can say is that, you know, people are like, why do you like the show? Um, short answer, it's a good show. Um, I mean, really, it's like, the stuff that, like, circles around it, if you're talking about, like, the game or the toy line or the books, it's, um, doesn't really translate uh, the same impact the show actually has. I think there's a huge uh, valley between the two because the show is just done on a different level. And it's actually, it's got, like I said, it's done very well. Uh, it's, the songs are written well. And the thing that really makes it, uh, it good is that you don't have the sense that anyone's doing it for the paycheck. There are shows out there, uh, even big name shows, but especially kid shows where people like, this is going to pay for the mortgage this week, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of, you know, what you get from a lot of shows that people are just like grinding through it because it has to get done, you know, spit this out so kids will buy the company toy with it. And you don't get that from the show uh, because it's done well, it's done with heart, and it's done really good. And the best thing I can say is like, you know, when someone's just like, why do you watch it? Because it's a good show and watch it yourself and you'll see. Uh, just like you get an uh, attraction to any other show. Like, I'm a huge Walking Dead fan because it's a great show and it's a great comic. Um, it's If it's done well, there's there's a reason people like it. It's the best way I can say it. Awesome. So, Five, what about you? Kind of echoing Alpha here. Um, well, we, we've talked about everything from Pixar to Dora the Explorer, and in those two comparisons, there's, there's a vast uh, drop-off of quality. I mean, Pixar is the top of the game for animated content, and then Dora the Explorer is repetitive cookie cutter over and over. I know this because I, I have a daughter who used to watch that. Um, yes, I hear. Yeah, I mean, I, again, with, with you know, the, someone looks at you and says, why? Why are you watching this, this show for, for kids? It's, what's the appeal? Um, the, really, the, the best answer that I've come across is just it's, it's quality. It's good. It has um, um, endearing characters, good storylines, fantastic animation, uh, great voice acting. Um, and quite frankly, it doesn't suck. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So and to bring back that, sorry, go ahead. No, there's, there's so much stuff out there that is terrible. I mean, there's, it's just like, like what Alpha was saying. There's so many things that just, here, well, here's the newest version of, now I'm not big on Transformers, but I'll say it because they've been around since the same time period. Here's the newest version of Transformers. Go buy this. I mean, they intended to crank out something and they got something so much more, uh, than what they bargained for. True indeed. Yeah. indeed. Like Linkin Park's phone number. Dan, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got something to say for us? Yeah, and uh, just to bring this all back, it's because 
the whole show this time has brought this reboot. It's the fourth generation of My Little Pony, and they wanted it to really make a big change. They were sick and tired of the same old little girls watching it over and over again kind of deal. They wanted to make a show that the kid can watch and the parent won't be sitting behind going like... Okay, no, no, no. Lauren Faust did. No, uh, Lauren Faust, I'm sorry. Yeah, Lauren Faust yeah. did that. It's like, Hasbro just wanted to say, here, make another one. Like, we're talking about Transformers. Like, Creative. Oh, yeah, Lauren Faust says, I want to make it awesome. Lauren Faust was given artistic freedom and she was the one like, I want to... She, she wants to, to be... No, she knows kids will watch it. So it's like... She didn't want the parents to be like sitting in their sofa being like, when can I watch the news? You know, it's she wanted it to be one thing that the parent and the child could enjoy simultaneously so it wouldn't like bore their parents out. Because typically the old type of formula for cartoon shows like Care Bears and the old generations of My Little Pony would be, there is a good guy and he's 100% good. There's nothing wrong with him. And you're watching them running around solving very trivial problems like, why is there a butterfly on the table? <laughs> that kind of deal. So now they put in real life problems and kind of um, make you relate to it. So, you know, your, your kid is probably watching it because it's colorful, it's cute, and it's nice. And you're watching it and you understand every single detail that's in it. Like, why there's a butterfly on the table? Yeah, like, why there's a butterfly on the table and the implications of a butterfly on the table. <laughs> yeah. And then the fandom will come and overanalyze it. <laughs> Yeah, um, as for or another example of like a show that is really good is like if you watch uh, the latest generation of Sesame Street. I know it sounds kind of odd to say this, but if you're watching Sesame Street, it's really funny because I actually enjoy watching that with my son. Because uh, the thing is, like, and uh, it's produced in New York, and my sister in law is in New York, and she actually knows some of the people who work on the show, uh, and it's a lot of people in their, um, you know people in their 20s who grew up on it and they're like you know we're writing the show but we you know we want to add our own spin to it so if you watch sesame street now there's a lot of stuff that's thrown in there for the adults that kids will never pick up on uh, the latest thing they did which was hilarious is they have a segment called bird walk empire which is a play on hbo's boardwalk empire and the kids watching it will have no idea what they're talking about but the show is just it, the skit is so hilarious and they do the opening sequence of Boardwalk Empire shot for shot recreation, except instead of flicker bombs, they're saltine crackers. And it's just, it's, I was dying laughing watching it. And it's like stuff like that that, you know, it's, or even when they have these celebrities on to talk, it's like kids have no idea who that is, but you're like, holy crap, that's Adam Sandler, or that's, you know, so and so. And it's, it's neat to see that. And it makes it enjoyable for the parents as well, too. So it's mm -hmm. the idea of like, not doing it for the paycheck, but doing it because you want to make it interesting, because you want to make it something that you want to watch. And I feel you really get that from the show. True. And as for me, I watch it because it's, well, I, I'm echoing what everybody is saying is, but for me, I watch it because it's a really good show. It has good writing. It's good art. And all around the best 25 minutes of my life. But I watch it because I enjoy the show. But I stay because I enjoy the community. Because for me... Watching the show is okay, but the community is better. Yeah. The community makes up a lot of the great things because you have people to talk to about it. You're not like alone, especially some of us like me. When I first got into it, I thought, oh crap, am I the only one in the world who has this issue of being the only adult watching the show? And then you start to realize when you have people to talk to about it, and then not only that, you hear amazing music, amazing artworks, videos and stuff coming out. Like someone took the opening sequence of The Walking Dead and completely redid it in a, using My Little Pony footage. Yeah, it looks amazing. amazing. Yeah. A lot of people cheered like nobody's business for it at the BronyCon when it was aired as part of Pony's The Anthology 2, which features m tons of great content as well. True, and the best thing about this 
fandom or this community is um, us regular people get to talk to the voice actors, to the people who do the show, to people who direct the show, to the music. I mean, the interaction to those people that do the show, you can talk to them easily. Unlike some other shows, like uh, for any any show, it's kind of hard to reach them. You're not going to be able to reach like Adam Sandler or Nicolas Cage as easily. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe Nicolas Cage. He needs the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, um, this show and this fandom, it's really good. Like even for our show, we interviewed Michelle Krieber and she's the voice for Apple Bloom. And the process of getting her was hard. But once we got her, it was awesome. And she was willing. You know, she's not like, I don't have time for this. You know, she's she's more she's more of an open-minded person, and they they're open-minded to their fans. And we always ask them, you know, what was your reaction when you first found out that it's not just little girls watching your show? And at first, they didn't they weren't really comfortable, but after it grew on them, they they started to become friends with the community. You know, they're not on a totally different level. You know, they're just friends. Mm, true, indeed. So friendship I, is magic. Indeed. Yep. Um, I I'm guessing that. This is all the questions we have for Philip. And Philip, I'm guessing those are the questions for us? Yes, correct. Any more? I'll have more uh, when I see you all for, uh, for another article. All right, awesome. Oh, the meetup, so, right, right. Awesome. So, Philip, I uh, hope we... <laughs> so, Philip, I hope we haven't weirded you out with our talk of... <laughs> uh, I'm getting out of this room now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! Well, you're on your phone, so you can bring your phone with you. <laughs> so um, anyway, I think that's about it. So done. Yeah, let's uh, move right on to the shout out section where we can, where everyone here gets a chance to shout out to somebody they, you know, want to shout out to. So Norman, why don't you go first? Okay, so my first shout out goes to you, Dan. Um, thank you for bringing on Philip. And Philip, thank you for being on our humble show. I hope um, a you have a positive outlook on the Brony community, and B, I hope you don't think us as weird people who likes colorful ponies. Okay, can, uh, my shout-out. Uh, I'm here because I just want the hearts, so don't forget <laughs> to send it to me. My game log ID is uh, Philip Gollingai, that is P-H-I-L-I-P-G-O-L-I-N-G-A-I. Please send because I want to get Zokora. <laughs> and uh, what happened is that if you want, if you didn't catch that, you can look in our show notes and you'll find that Game of ID right there. So add him and add all of us and send us all hearts. Indeed. And also Five Iron and Alpha for bringing on this show this late. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Then? Yeah. And uh, my shout-outs also to Philip. Thank you very much for coming on. Well, that's about it. Okay, so um, Alpha 5, do you have anyone to shout-out to? You first, Five Iron. Okay, uh, my shout-out will be to Rommel of the Bronies for Good, who is currently undergoing a 24-hour broadcast period uh, to raise money for their current uh, project, which is uh, Seeds of Kindness 2. So check out their website, broniesforgood.com, and give them a little bit of money. Help them out. We'll try, we'll try. Yeah, and broniesforgood.com, if you donate to them, you get three massive albums full of music. You can't say no to that. Yeah, it's always good stuff. And Alpha, what about you? I can't beat that because bronies for good is good. Uh, <laughs> I used to shout out to all the bronies out there because, um, like I said, we're a great community. Uh, thank you to all those guys who make it a good community and keep it a good community. Uh, it's supposed to be fun, 
So let's keep it that way. Indeed. And uh, to fill it, to no fill drop it, Philip, you still there? Yep. Yeah, to fill you in, uh, Bronies for Good is this organization where they, I think I told, as I mentioned it earlier, but I'll just explain a bit more. They are a charitable organization based in the States, and they are working with, um, what's that, your siblings, if I'm not mistaken, to build a project in uh, Uganda for uh, an orphanage for the children there. It's a self-sustaining orf- orphanage. They're going to build a chicken farm and build an orphanage next to it so that they, t- they can take care of themselves. And they're harnessing the power of the Brony community through doing music and uh, things like that to be able to um, land this project. Okay, sounds good, sounds good. So that's it for the shout-out. If you would like to contact us, if you have any questions, concerns, suggestions, complaints, or anything you want to say about our show, you can contact us at the mbsshow at gmail.com. Yes, we accept anything. If you can stuff ponies into your email, just do it. And you can reach us on Twitter as well. Our Twitter account is at the MBS Show. Mine is at St. Pinky, S-T-P-I-N-K-I-E. And I am at Norman Sanzo. I'm at uh, Alpha underscore Brony. And you can reach me at... Five Iron Brony, all one word. And also, you can also contact our friend. He's Drexy, D-R-C-X-Y. Go at him. He needs also more Twitter followers. Yeah. And also, please subscribe to us, rate us, and say good things about us on iTunes, and like our Facebook page as well. You can find all these links right there in our show notes. So, Philip, thank you very much for being on. Uh, you're welcome. I really had fun. Right. Okay, Great to, to hear know. that. So, um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening in this week. And um, so, I've been Daniel Anthony. I've been Norman Sanzo. I'm Alpha Brownie. And I'm Philip Dollingai. And I'm Five. And we will see you next week. See ya. Peace. Bye. Pony on. It's so lonely on the moon. I hope that I can come home soon. Will it be the same when I return?